Well, good morning and welcome again to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here and it's so great to be with you. I just wanna welcome uh, those watching online. Thank you for joining us. If you are new today, we are so glad you are here. Um, I wanna invite you after service. We have a connect desk. I would love to meet you and say hello to you. And with that, we actually, there's gonna be a QR code on the screen that you can take your phone out and there's gonna be some links there that can connect you to us. And if you are new, we would love, there's a thing that says, I am new. You can can fill that out and let us know that you're here visiting with us. There's also some other links there uh, that you can uh, interact with, uh, and we would love for you to engage with us that way. Uh, we have uh, a lot of things coming up, so I wanna hit a few things real quick, and then uh, we'll get into the service. But first off, uh, tonight is family game night. Is everybody coming? Family game night? Yes? You guys better come, it's gonna be fun. So family game night tonight, five to seven, there's gonna be snacks. We're gonna literally set up this whole place with just games. Uh, any Euchre players? Euchre? Yeah, yeah, there might be some Euchre. Uh, I heard there's like Mousetrap. Anybody a Mousetrap fan? Mousetrap? All right, so anyways, it's gonna be fun. You should come, it's gonna be a blast. We want you guys to come. Um, and also, we are in the middle of doing a toy drive. Uh, we have a partnership with the Delaware Dream Center, and in partnership with them, we are doing a toy drive, and so we'd love for you guys to bring in toys. There is a, uh, a big blue bin out in the, in the foyer that you can drop off the toys. I believe we have two more Sundays. I just got a thumbs up. Two more Sundays after this Sunday to bring in toys, so please bring those in. Um, we love uh, partnering with the Delaware Dream Center. We also, on Monday nights, uh, do grocery deliveries. So if you are looking for ways to have a family outing to help some people who are underprivileged, whatever it may be, uh, we, we partner with them, and it's a, it's a great way to just love on our community. Um, the other thing I feel like is coming up that I'm gonna forget, there's something else. I. I didn't bring my notes out, so that's, that's, that's my fault. But either way, I'm glad you guys are here. The last thing, um, if you would like to give today, we have a text to give number through that link, or the QR code you can also give online, and then we have a box by the back exit. Um, it is because of people like you who give generously that we're able to do the things that we do here at Press Church. And so we invite you uh, to be generous and to partner with us in everything that's happening. Uh, it's only through you and your support that we're able to do what we do. So we'd love for you to support us that way. And I also wanna encourage, uh, I've mentioned this before, um, if you are somebody who gives to Press, there is online giving, and you can actually set up reoccurring gifts. So you're one of those people that you forget get to give on weeks that you don't come, you can actually set up reoccurring, and that helps us a lot. So, just a little, you know, a little tag there. Um, it's so good to be with you guys, and actually you guys have a treat, because Pastor Jason is actually speaking today. Jason is our pastor of spiritual formation, so I'm gonna invite Jason up to the stage. Let's give him a round of applause. He's a great guy. You guys are in for a great message, and um, don't screw this up. <laughs> So we, we have this like running joke that, you know, Jason always talks about, he's like, I'm just gonna get in the, the, the front row and sit with my arms crossed and just, just shake my head the whole time you're talking. And so now it's like, I, I'm allowed to give him a little bit of a... <laughs> so anyways, let's open our hearts to what God has for us today. Well, well thank you, Sean. It's always weird to be introduced. <clears throat> um, but, but I am Jason. I'm so glad that you guys are here today. Uh, Let's just, uh, let's just have a word of prayer, and then let's just dive in. God, uh, we just invite you, as we open your word together, uh, we ask you to open our hearts, open our minds, 
allow us to, to hear what it is that you want to say to us. Thank you for your grace and your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for those of you <clears throat> that don't realize it, uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, so uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know, do we do that around here? Like, I mean, it's not like we need that many excuses to eat uh, a big meal. We kind of do that anyway. But uh, it, So a lot of you maybe have to travel a little bit for Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, some of you know, I, I also have a job with our uh, church planning network where I travel around and, and work with churches. And so I spent a lot of time in airports uh, the last, like, month. And um, if you've ever traveled with kids... Um, I don't ever want to, okay? Like, ever. Uh, not in an airport. I mean, they don't listen, right? And, and if you're running late, they're, of course, like stuck in molasses, uh, you know? And, and if you're, everything's just fine, you kind of need to just calmly get there because you don't want to get there too soon where then they'll go crazy. They're sprinting down the hall, you know? Uh, they touch everything. And airports are nasty, okay? And, and so it's just... Uh, if you're traveling with children and you don't believe in Jesus, you will still believe in demons, okay? Like, I mean, I, I've just reached that point where I'm never... But today, like, I'm, and so I say that, and yet today uh, we're, we're continuing our series in God We Trust, question mark, uh, by saying, do we trust God with our families? And, and, and there are times in my life, I know, I've had to completely trust God with my family because I had no idea what to do. Uh, then, then there were times that I tried to take control and realized that that also was, was not a good way to, to manage things. And, and so, you know, every week the pastors, we, we get together and, and, and we talk about whatever the topic is and we, we get in the car and we just drive around and, and we just have some conversations about it. And so we, of course, did that again for this, for this week. So uh, let's take a look at the screens and see what we talked about. There was a time when, you know, my wife was really wrestling with me because she said I had a gambling addiction, but, you know, I'm betting she'll come back. <laughs> well, speaking of family. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what a, what a, what a wild, uh, wild thing to trust God uh, with, with your family. With family, yeah. Yeah. You know, okay, so... Honestly, for me, that this is this is one because my kids are now out of the house, mm. and so I've had to actually trust God with my kids in a way that I've, you know, you mm. you pray for your kids, you love your kids, you raise your kids, you know, but you're hands on yep. in that whole process. Yep. Well, I have no control now. Yeah. yeah. And like so, you ever did in the first. Well, day. I mean, <laughs> I don't even have any perceived yeah, control. Right, now, yeah, granted, yeah. I raised two girls. I never had control. Okay, yeah. uh, but uh, you know that, that's where truly trusting God with your family, saying God, I'm, I'm gonna trust that you're gonna watch over them because yeah. I can't anymore. Yeah, and that that humbles you. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what we do with like the whole concept of uh, dedications, or even well, the public yeah, baptism thing. Exactly, is this whole thing of where we're going? Uh, we can't do it on our own, right? Yeah, right. Dude. So we're we're making a public statement of God is my God. I am submitting to Him, mm -hmm. and I need, and I'm doing this in front of community, and I I, I am making a public statement here that mm -hmm. I I need God. Yeah, I, I am trusting God. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's, I think that's big, even like 
pushing that out outside of just family, but even like other like relationships and things like that. And it's like, what does it look like to actually just trust God with in those in those relationships mm-hmm. with those with those people? Yeah, yeah, it's a challenging space to to go. I don't have it figured out, and I want to believe that I do, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I don't actually. And, and that I need God and I need others. I need the church community even to, uh, for my family, you know, this whole, this, this is, uh, in God, we trust question mark. Right. So, you know, do we trust God with our families? Do we trust God? And we've talked about all these things, time and Mm -hmm. money and, and how often we think we're looking to God for our families and we're actually like holding on to money Mm -hmm. and our work and power and these other things Mm -hmm. and how much of it is actually us kind of leveraging our families in that situation, you know? So I think it's, it is all tied together in this thing of like, do, do I trust God? We say in God, we trust. Do we actually trust God? And are we willing to uh, really uh, look to him when it comes to the people that we care about the most? Yeah. You know? By the way, they make me do those jokes. (laughs) Um, I never know if they're recording. That's the issue. Um, CR ended that that with a really good question. Are we willing to look to God when it comes to the people we care about the most? Uh, What does that look like today? I mean, really, as as moms and dads, as brothers, sisters, as children, as all of these things, those people that you love the most, whether they're immediate family or maybe they're just a close group of friends that you do life with, what does it look like to actually trust God with them? We live in very, I would call it uncharted territory right now, right? I mean, this, everything that's happening is just different. We don't have a template to understand uh, how things are going to go. The, the country is, is extremely divided in so many ways, right? The, the culture is in this big upheaval, and, and we seem to get in arguments over everything. Um, I, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, uh, and back then, way back when, right? Uh, you know, when we would walk to school uphill in the snow both ways, all that stuff, right? Uh, there, there were goals, though, that you could set, right? That there was some predictability in things. We, we kind of knew if you did this, this, and this, this would happen. And, and so you could set goals, and, you, and your parents would teach you what does it look like to set those goals and to strive for those things, and, and that was all good. The problem is, really, in the last few years, we've been in such a time of disruption that, that it's really hard to do any of that. I mean, when I grew up, I didn't have social media. I didn't have to worry about my face or my actions being caught on camera and then being posted to the world, which is probably good because there are some things that I'm really glad nobody knows, you know, that we got away with. Uh, but that's just the way it is now, right? You, everything is different now. And in times of disruption and in times of chaos, We need to understand, well, what do we do in those times? How can we trust God in the midst of that? If we were in a Bible story, okay, if we took the the world that we're in right now and we tried to put it in, in in a Bible story, the setting would be the wilderness or it would be exile. Right, Because those are times when, when the regular stuff just isn't happening, when, when the predictable, when the rhythms of, of the way God wanted things to be are just all happening nice and fine. You know, when they're in Jerusalem and everything's great and there's no problems, when you know, David is king and all this stuff, those are great times. The problem is right now, we really feel like we're in a time of being in the wilderness. We're trying to figure out what does it look like, what's going on, what's next, what's around the, 
the corner. Uh, Last week, Sean uh, talked about some of the lessons we could learn even from the Israelites when they were in the wilderness, and and, and he talked about how they were learning to be a people who were the children of God, not slaves. And and God was working with them to teach them that, and he gave them the gift of Sabbath, right, of of a day off, of of rest. I kind of want to build on that a little bit because there's another place where they are traveling that I think we can learn at least some basic things about trusting God with our family in the midst of these chaotic times, in the midst of disruption. That there's a lesson that we see in Numbers chapter 9, and I'm simply calling this lesson, Follow the Cloud. Let me read it to you, and I want you to notice... This is one of those passages where I feel like, and I'm just going to read it. It's not going to be up on the screen because it's a little bit longer. But I want you to to listen to it. It almost feels like whoever was putting this stuff on paper, like they hit cut and paste way too many times, right? It it, it almost comes across as a Dr. Seuss-type book in the way it says, let me just read this and and see if you can feel that rhythm and what's happening. On On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud... Okay, this is the big cloud, the presence of God. It was a fiery ball of cloud. It covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it. And at night, it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out. And at at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in the camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. And at the Lord's command, they would encamp. And then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, do you get my point here? Like, whether it stayed over two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in the camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. I will not eat them in a box. I will not eat them with the fox. Day or night, night or day, that burning cloud will lead the way. Yeah, right? I mean, think about it over and over. Whenever you see a writer of Scripture repeat something like that over and over and over, you want to stop and go, okay, wait a minute, something's going on. There's something more than just he was getting really, you know, full of artistic flourish in his writing of this. He's emphasizing a point. There's one thing that he wanted to make sure everyone who read this for generations to come would understand. When the Israelites wanted to know what God was leading them to do, they looked to the cloud. That was their job. Look to the cloud. What is God leading us to do? That's what we're going to do. It was like a decision tree. You ever had those, right? You know, well, okay, I'm looking at this choice. Do we we stay here or do we, you know, start packing up? Dot, dot, dot. Look to the cloud. What's it doing? All right. Well, what about today? Do, you know, do we need to start packing? What's going on? Look to the cloud. Well, okay, now we're traveling around, and should we stop here? Look to the cloud. 
over and over and over. That's exactly what they were being trained to do so that they would become a people and individuals who were shaped by following the leading of God. What does that look like today? Because I don't know about you, but if there's a burning cloud in my front yard, I'd be a little concerned, okay? But here's the good news. We don't have to have a big burning cloud in order to understand or to hear what God is telling us. Because, see, when, when Jesus came, remember, he said, I, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And, and, but if I don't go, then I won't be able to share with you a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that when he ascended into heaven, and then a few days later, right, the, the apostles, they're, they're in that upper room in, in Acts chapter 2. And all of a sudden, there's this wind and this stirring, and, and the Holy Spirit comes. And all of a sudden, they are experiencing the presence of God in each of them, not just from a distance. And we have that same gift now. We also can be sensitive and listen for the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. The question is, are we going to trust him? And are we going to be able to sense what the Spirit is leading us to do? Because if we're going to trust God with our family, with those we love, with anyone, we have to be able to discern, okay, where is the Spirit leading us in this? So how are we going to do that? Let me just give you three things that I think will help you as you begin to discern this, as you begin thinking about it. Uh, these are things that you're going to have to take home with you and kind of meditate on and soak on and figure out as you go because there's not one nice little formula for this. But the very first thing, which is as basic as you can get, is you've got to keep your eye on the cloud. You've got to be in touch with God, with the leading of the Spirit. You've got to be able to understand, okay, God, what do you want? What are you looking for in me and through me? How, how am I supposed to respond in these situations? What do I do with my kids when they're acting like hoodlums, right? When, when, when my kids seem like they're feral animals, how do I manage that? What do I do when I'm trying to understand how to navigate my family through financial issues? Or maybe it's through such a busy time and I need them to understand that you are in charge and not us. And I'll tell you the simplest things to do here, and this, it seems overly simplistic, but you need to hear this. If you're going to stay in touch with the cloud, stay connected to the cloud, then you're going to have to start doing things like carving out time to be in worship and to be in community with people. And, and, and that means making it part of your regular rhythm to be in a place like this engaging God. And to be in connection with, whether it's a, an official sanctioned small group, right, life group from press, or maybe it's just three or four people that you get together with because you're close friends and you're doing life together. I, I don't really care. I just want you to be in community with some people who can speak into your life, who can help you discern, is this the cloud moving? Or is this the cloud telling me to stay still? And, and if you aren't carving out time to be in the presence of God, to be together in the presence of God, looking to him, worshiping him, then you're, you're going to have a hard time hearing him when you're in the midst of chaos. 
And on top of that, then, I mean, this is why Hebrews, right, in the book of Hebrews, it says, you know, don't forsake gathering together, but instead commit to do this so you can encourage one another on to good deeds, to do what needs to be done, to to serve God in the right way, to stay on the path that's following the cloud. That's why we get together, right? That's why we do this. It's not just so, you know, we can hear some great music and have some fun and, okay, yay, let's go home now and go out to eat, whatever. No, no, no. We do this because we want to be in the presence of God. We want to experience what does it look like to follow the cloud together and invite other people along the journey. That also means you probably need to do some things that we would call spiritual practices. And these are things you do on your own. Right? This is taking a moment to look at the Bible. If you don't open the Bible, then how are you going to ever know who God is or what he's calling us to? If you never open the scripture, I mean, Sean's a great teacher, and it's wonderful every Sunday to, to hear a message, but you know what, 25, 30 minutes, once a week at best, it ain't going to cut it for you. You need to understand who God is, how God is moving in your life. That means you're going to have to own some of that. That means learning how to take a few minutes and just talk to God. That's, we call that prayer, which sounds really spiritual, but I mean, it's really just, hey, God, this is what's going on. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what's going on. I really need some discernment here. I need some wisdom in this. And then just listening. And, and if he talks to you out loud, um, first thing you want to do is go back to being in community with some other people and make sure that what you're hearing is him and not, you know, bad pizza from the night before or something weird. But that's why we have community, to discern. Am I truly following the cloud? How do I have some perspective to understand that? So if you aren't spending any time in worship together, in community with each other, if you aren't spending any time just opening God's word on your own and and reading it and then talking with God, then how in the world are you going to follow the cloud? You want a real practical way to trust your family, trust God with your family? Spend time in his word. Help them understand that we engage God because God can lead us and direct us. And trust that he's going to show up in the midst of that. We, uh, we talked about two, uh, what we called counterintuitive spiritual practices over the last month or so. We talked about, you know, at first we talked about tithing as a counterintuitive practice to trust God, right? And, and it is. I mean, it does, math does not add up to say I'm going to give God 10% of what, what I make. I'm going to tie that. That's what that means. I'm going to practice that, and I'm going to trust that the 90% that I have left is actually going to do what I need it to do to, you know, to manage my life and so forth. I mean, practical wisdom says, no, no, take 100% and use it for yourself. I mean, that, that you earned it, right? We talked through all this. Said, no, no, it's counterintuitive. Each month when I write our tithe check to say, God, I'm going to give this to you because I'm going to trust you to do with it more than I could on my own. And I'm going to trust you with the 90%, and I'm going to steward it as best I can to help my family become all that they need to be and to meet the needs that we have. It's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive to practice Sabbath, which Sean talked about last week, right? Practice a day of rest. It doesn't make sense. If you get X amount done in six days, why can't you get X plus one amount done in seven days? And God says, no, I want your identity to be wrapped up in who I say you are, not in what you produce. 
And that seems counterintuitive to being productive in life, but, but no, these are the practices that we put into place in our life so that we can then begin to understand, wait, God is the one who is leading me. God is the one who is meeting me where I'm at. I'm going to trust him with all that I have because it's all his anyway. That's how we can keep our eye on the cloud because when you are giving to God what, what he's asking you to give, whether it's your time or your talents or your resources, and you are saying, God, I want you to lead, then you have to look to him. It pushes you to spend time with him. It pushes you to be in community with him. It pushes you to be in his presence and to worship him as a group and on your own. You've got to keep your eye on the cloud. Second thing that I, I noticed as I was looking at this text and, and thinking through this is we need to look for directions instead of goals. Look for direction instead of goals. Following the cloud especially in times of disruption and chaos. It means helping your family find direction. It's kind of like, uh, you know, as the children of Israel moving through the wilderness, right? One of the things that you probably learned about in Sunday school or in some, you know, some point you saw the story where manna, this bread-like substance, would show up on the ground each morning. And that's how God fed the Israelites while they were, you know, a million of them out in the middle of nowhere, just traveling around. They needed resources. So each morning they would get up and there would be enough manna for that day. And if they tried to get more, uh, you know, by the next morning, it, it would be rotten and have maggots in it. Because God says, no, I want you to learn each day to rely on me. I'm going to give you direction. The goal isn't to, you know, get a whole bunch of manna, right? I'm going to be the richest manna dude in the camp because it doesn't matter. It, it all goes bad at the end of the day. He was teaching them this principle of look to me each day for direction. You don't need to collect everything. Instead, let's, let's look for direction in where, you want me to, where I want you to go. Training your kids is about helping them understand their direction in life more than setting specific goals for them, like I want you to make this team or get these grades. Or, no, no, I want you to become a person who uses your brain well, who uses your talents well. Who use, it's a direction, it's le less than a goal. This is why in Proverbs chapter 22, verse six, what do we read? Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Let me just tell you right off the bat, uh, this is not a promise, okay? I know a lot of people who trained up their kids as best they could in the way they should go as far as we understood, and those kids went off the deep end. I know other people who did a terrible job raising their kids, and their kids ended up great. Okay, so this is just simply a principle. It's not a guarantee. It's a general truism. Hey, listen, if you train up your kids in the way that they should go, then it's probably going to work out. At least there's a way better chance of it working out than if you don't do it. And so the promise in this is saying, listen, I want you to figure out who your kid is and help them discover their gifts, their wiring, the way they were shaped, their personality, and help them understand that and how that can be engaged to move forward in their journey with Christ. Instead of setting specific goals that, oh, you have to do this and you have to do this and X, Y, and Z, how about you help them understand who they are in Christ and then trust God to lead from there? We need to start thinking about how we're shaping the way our kids see life 
more than about behaving a certain way. Now, I, like, so I played sports growing up. I know it doesn't look like it now, but I did. I played sports uh, growing up. I, I even played travel baseball, okay? For those of you that understand travel baseball, you know it, it can be wonderful and it can be really horrible uh, for parents uh, from the cost as well as just the travel and all that stuff, okay? See, I learned, though, early on, and this is because of my parents, not because I was brilliant, but my parents were brilliant. I learned early on that becoming a person of character and integrity who lived out God's ways was far more important than succeeding in baseball or any of the other sports. Sports became an experience in which my parents helped me learn who I was and then helped me see direction moving forward from there. Now, let me just say it. You're, you're probably thinking, well, that's probably because you were terrible and they were just trying to make you feel better, right? <laughs> I wasn't that bad, okay? Like, I, I went to college and played baseball in college. Like, I had a little bit of talent, obviously not the body, but I had the talent. And, and, and so, but in the midst of that, what, what helped me find direction in the midst of this, instead of goals, right, was that I understood that God had called me to be me. And I was valuable and significant simply because God said so, not because I accomplished X, Y, and Z. They showed me how to follow the, crowd, the cloud, and they trained me in the way that I should go because they wanted me to find direction instead of set a bunch of goals. You want to trust God with your family, help them find direction in the midst of the chaos that is today. Last thing, wrap this up. Teach your family to find their value and significance in Christ. And we preach this like every week in some way, shape, or form. That's why the mission of this church, right, is to help people find their, their identity in Christ. We want to help people understand who they are because of who Jesus says they are, not because of what the world says or because of anything we might say about them or anything else going on. We want them to see that they are valuable because Jesus says he loves them. Now, the hard part about trusting your family in this light is you have to embrace this as well. You have to actually trust that your value, your significance, your worth is not because you are able to produce something. It's wrapped up in your identity and who Jesus says that you are. And they need to see that in your life. They need to understand that. Or they will also be chasing after these goals, these things, these accomplishments that they think will give them worth and value. But somehow, they need to see that, no, 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 value is wrapped up in who God says. Whether I am a star and I succeed and all these amazing things, or if I just faithfully show up to work every day, like 99% of the world and I'm there, and without grumbling and complaining, I do what, what I'm called to do in that moment. Because my value is not in what I produce, it's in who God says I am. This is why Paul in Philippians 3, he says, but whatever gain I had, and he's talking about all the accomplishments that he had had previous to knowing Jesus, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God 
that depends on faith. It's tough to find a balance between wanting what is best for your kids and pushing them in that direction and challenging them to work hard and and to succeed and also helping them see that they are deeply loved by God, whether they made the honor roll or not, whether they make the dance team or the travel team or the music team. You see, according to Paul, all of those accomplishments are rubbish. Matter of fact, the, the Greek word there quite literally is, it is a steaming pile of dog poo. Scubalon, look it up, it really is. It, it's actually more crass than that, but we're not going to do that because we're going to stay PG today. Um, that's what all of those accomplishments are, nothing but a steaming pile of dog poo compared to what Jesus says about me. I mean, let that soak in for a second. I don't care what you've accomplished or not accomplished in your life. I want you to hear you are so deeply loved by God that you are valuable beyond measure because God says you are. What a truth to pass on to our children, to the family right around us. I mean, this is why Paul wrote in Ephesians 5 and 6 and also in Colossians 3, hey, here's some ways that families can operate together so that they can continue in this path, so that they continue to understand these things by, by saying, you know, husbands, love your wives. Don't, don't, don't make your kids angry or discourage them, right? Wives, love your husbands. Love your kids. Take care of the people around you. Love them and help them see who they are in Christ. Follow the cloud. Follow the cloud. It's not going to be easy, right? We're going to have to trust God each day with this. I mean, this week, some of you are probably going to be at Thanksgiving with some family, and you're going to have that uncle, right, the crazy one that stands up and starts spouting off all the newest crazy conspiracy theories or the political ideas that you think are just so off the wall it's ridiculous. Or maybe you are that uncle. (laughs) And, And what God is saying here is, why don't you shut up and sit down? And actually listen to the people around you and allow them to see that they are valuable, not just you. That's when it comes, that's when we start trusting God with our family. When we're willing to step back and say, I want you to see how valuable, valuable you are in Christ. Instead of just hearing my opinion on everything else. See, we trust God when we follow the cloud. Seeking God, seeking his guidance, even when it's hard to see, even when it goes against your political party or your investment strategy or the travel team schedule. Seeking God in that, that's how we follow the cloud. Will you trust him in that? Let me pray for us this morning. God, Thank you that you are with us. Uh, Thank you that no matter what's going on uh, in this crazy world, um, you're here. And and you promise that in your presence, you will lead us and you will guide us. You promise that you love us and that our value and our significance has nothing to do with what we accomplished, how big our bank account is, what our house looks like, what kind of car we drive. It only has to do with what you say about us, and you say that we are your beloved. 
for the person here today that needs to hear that and needs to lean into that and needs to embrace that, God, I pray that they would feel your presence this morning. That they would truly sense that they are valuable to you and all you ask is that you trust you. That you trust what Jesus says. God, thank you for your grace and for the chance to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just give Jason a round? Thank him for that great message. I think we all can uh, apply that to our lives. Well, today uh, is a very special day because we actually get to to do some of this uh, in person. We are doing both a dedication and a baptism today, um, and it's it's always a privilege to see families and people taking steps in their faith and doing it publicly, including. Uh, the, the church, the body of Christ. Uh, and so I'm going to invite the Harans up, uh, Jordan, Ryan, and the kids. So you guys want to come up? Let's give them a round of applause today. They, um, they love the spotlight. I just want you guys to know, they love being in the spotlight. So this is like super comfortable for them to be doing this today. But no, uh, I was, I'm not going to share all of Jordan's story, but uh, she reached out to me about a month ago and said, I want to get baptized. And this came out of the blue because uh, you, you guys have been coming about almost three years. You guys come right around the time that we launched Press Church, they came in and in, in Jordan's words, she said, we came because we wanted to, to give our kids a chance to just expose them to religion, expose them to the church. She's like, I'm not really sure I believe any of this stuff. And I mean, you guys are nice enough, I guess, so we'll stick around. And uh, so shout out to our press kids for, for loving on their kids and shout out to you guys for, for just being uh, gracious to them and, and, and where they're at. But so Jordan came, we started talking and, and I was like, well, here's why we'd get baptized. And she's like, yeah, I, I believe that. Like, I wanna, I wanna profess my faith in Jesus Christ. And, and this is coming from a person who used to fight the, the words of the church or fight against God. And, and so it's, it's just really cool to see, uh, you talk about faithfulness, talk about the, the, the time after time, you know, they made it a point to come to church. They made it a point to get their kids and impress kids. And, and, and all of a sudden, I think the one funny thing that was funny when we were talking, Jordan's like, I just started believing you. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. I just started believing what you said. Instead of finding all the holes and all the reasons not to believe, she's like, I just, I just believe. I believe Jesus is who you guys say he is, and I, wanna, I want to publicly confess that. But before we do that, we actually mentioned uh, child dedication. She's like, I want to I dedicate my kids. And so this is something that's it's really fun uh, because it's not just a family thing. It's, a, it's an us thing. It's a congregation thing that we all uh, are a part of. And so um, I'm going to introduce, we have Connor Thomas Horan, who they said has a big heart, loves caring for those younger than him in basketball. And then we have Jackson Ryan Horan, passionate baseball player, avid reader, and can light up a room. And then we have Finley and Jean Horan, animal lover and the determination to move mountains. So that's who is being dedicated today. We know it's really important for families in front of their community faith to dedicate their children and promise to create a space for their children to grow up and be introduced to Jesus. And we also acknowledge the fact that the fact that you play a part in this as well, supporting uh, and the families and nurturing that as well. Jason actually said this verse in Proverbs twenty two six is train up a child in the way that they should go, and they will not depart from it. And so I have some questions for the parents today that I'd like to ask, and then we're actually going to ask the congregation questions as well. So parents, 
Do you promise to conduct your lives in such a way that your children may learn of the Lord Jesus Christ by your example? Do you promise to instruct your children in the ways of the Lord and teach them his word and the principles found in scripture? All right, now congregation, it's your turn. Do you commit yourselves to providing a loving environment where these children can see and experience God's love in action? Will you model Jesus' command to love God and love others for these children? All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for what today represents a time to dedicate family to you, to, to set in motion a plan of, of sharing your love. God, I pray that as a congregation, that we can be a people, a community that, that supports and encourages through difficult times, through good, whatever it may be, God, that we can be uh, just a support. God, I thank you for, for the ways that you move, for your Holy Spirit, for the ways that you lead us and guide us and help grow us. In your name we pray, amen. And now it's time that I'm really excited about for baptism. So I'm gonna invite Jordan, you to come over here. About two years ago, would you have expected to be in this position? No. <laughs> I, everybody has a story. Actually, a couple months ago, we got to share stories. You heard stories of press, and I maybe one of these days we'll, we'll get to hear your whole story. Maybe. Again, I know this is a stretch. She's like, I, I don't want to be the spotlight. But I was like, no, this is a celebration. This is a celebration for you, for your family, and for us as a community. Uh, you play a part in this um, to see people's lives change. It's, it's awesome. But So maybe one of these days we'll, we'll hear a little more of the story. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead and to get in. should have kept the lid on a little longer. <laughs> Jordan, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, and your Savior? That in your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is always great to celebrate somebody proclaiming and declaring their faith in Jesus. And uh, what are we, did I miss something? You guys are laughing. Um, yeah, it's a joy. This is, this is why we do what we do. And I, I pray that, that you guys are encouraged and excited uh, about people making declarations of faith. So I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to continue in worship. We've got one more song. So let's worship together.